You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. Today, we have Amanda Basham on the podcast. Before we get into that, Steph, give us a little update. How are you? I'm good. Um, We have been trying to record for 25 minutes and (laughs) Henry's tired and the girls aren't sleeping and I thought there was going to be poop everywhere. And so we're just, just one thing after another. But it's been a day. Yeah, it's been a day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always fun just to chat too. Um, but Aaron and I had kind of talked about um, some races for next summer and kind of making a plan on like if he's going to need to take off and when that would be. Um, and so I really want to do Zumbro, which is the 50 miler I was supposed to do when COVID hit. Um, but I think I'm just going to do the 17 mile because it's in April. And I feel like that'd be too soon to do a 50 miler. Mm-hmm. Um, just especially now, I feel like I'm not able to run as much as I want to. And then having to train for a 50, like it just is not going to happen. Maybe I'll change my mind once Aaron starts working less. So I'll have more time to train. Um, but so we are thinking, uh, 17 in April, a 50 K if I get into superior in the mm. end of May, I think. Okay. And then I would love to do fall superior 50 miler, which would be in September, but those are all in Minnesota, but I would love to get to like the mountains. We were kind of talking about that a little bit, but we'll see if that actually happens. I want to do like a family trip and have a race kind of included in that, but mm-hmm. to like Colorado or something. something. Yeah. 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 Even if it's That'd be a so smaller fun. race, just like, just get out on the trails in the mountains and go run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's just exciting to have ideas on the horizon. Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> Holy cannoli. Oh, poor buddy. He choked himself with a song. Did he gag himself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. So it's extremely fun to be planning for races and to feel like I'm going to get my body back eventually. And just, I don't know, really feel like, you know, we're 99% sure he's our last kid. And so like not being like, oh, I have to plan around like when we're going to have our next kid. Like it'll just be this is what we're doing from now on. And it'll kind of get just a little mm-hmm. easier from that. Um, and I also did get my watch. I got a Coros oh, Apex. Good. Nice. And love it so far. Um, but we'll do a whole review podcast about that. So I'm really excited. Okay. I already have cool. some notes. So good. Yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh gosh. I need to do a little work getting my watch back to I don't know. I mean, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm very lazy with things when you have to like plug extra things in and then mm-hmm. it just never happens after a run because I, you're just always needed. Well, the yeah. second you walk in the door. Exactly. Um, yeah, but that's good. I'm excited for you mm-hmm. and for races. Yes. Awesome. So I know I need to get my, my next year, like planned. Yeah. I just haven't been able to yet, but it kind of makes me like giddy thinking about races yeah. and like actually <sighs> racing and <sighs> yeah, just having again. something to work for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Good. Okay. What about you? How are you doing? Yeah. Doing good. So I, let's see. Um, the last week I did a stroller run with the double stroller and yeah, most people are like, okay, no big deal, Nikki, but really it, I have such like a love hate relationship with it. Um, and I just, I haven't had to use it. So I just haven't like literally since I was like very early on in pregnancy Mm -hmm. and now it's like been four months postpartum (laughs) and, um, or a little over actually, but anyway, I did, I took the girls for a run and it was great and I loved it. And I think the thing with me, with my mental attitude towards the stroller is I just have to find ways to keep it fun. So like, even if that means walking up a hill, you know, because stroller running up any incline is like God awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also just I don't know. It was, it was nice. Like just chatting and Bellin was super excited about the fall colors. Mm. She's like, the leaves are changing. It must be fall. Mm. And just, you know, we were having a good time. It was a beautiful day. And, um, so that was good. And then, yeah, like running's been feeling great. Um, just kind of in and out. We're like in and out of little bit of bouts of sickness too though because dash is in school and so we're going to be getting things Mm. and we have and he got sent home yesterday for um just like had um like a pretty significant runny nose and like a a tiny fever and um but he did have a negative covid test so i i thought it was allergies because my allergies have been really bad Mm -hmm. long story anyway um you never know what things are Totally. Yeah. And, um, that can really affect how you feel like mm-hmm. for training and everything. But today I was feeling better yesterday was kind of like a down day, but today I got in like seven miles and just feel good. So that's awesome. thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you. You're rock. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It feels good to just feel like a runner again. Gosh, it took me a long time to be honest, but I know it's, I, I'm just feeling like the speed's coming back a little bit. Yeah. You know, like the other day I ran like a 752 mile nice. which to some that's like nothing, but to me it was yeah, just kind of just inching your way back, you know? Yeah. Well, I posted on our Instagram story. I'm like, I got two miles in during nap and I was like, I ran two miles straight and I don't remember when the last time I ran two miles straight was, it just feels like totally forever. And then you're mm-hmm. like slowly trying to get back into recovery and you're walking and running. Like I was kind of following, yes. um, Emily Bliss's plan and it's just feels so good to like run for like yes. a while. Yeah. slow. Totally. And count the little victories, you know, like that is a victory yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. 
This episode is sponsored by Treeline Coffee. They are a women-owned business out of Bozeman, Montana, and they ethically source all of their coffee beans. They roast them and they ship them out to people all over the country. And we made our own coffee blend called You Got This that you have to check out. It is the most amazing coffee in the whole world. I love it. I drink three or four cups a day, which might be a little excessive, but today when we are recording, it is national coffee day. So, Oh yeah. Happy national coffee day. I know it's so exciting. (laughs) Cheers. So don't forget to check out Treeline coffee and our own run hard mom hard blend called you got this by going to the link in the show notes below and use code run hard 10 for 10% off your coffee order. Like I said before, today we have on Amanda Basham, who many of you have probably heard of before. She is an awesome pro ultra runner for ultra and rabbit. And she's had a long list of accomplishments over the years in running, including things like um, first place at USATF 50 mile trail championships. She's gotten fourth place at Western States two different years. Uh, she's been second at CCC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She also just had her first baby, Rylan, in January, who we get to meet in this episode. <laughs> she's super sweet. And Amanda and Rylan live in Colorado with her partner, Justin Grunwald, who many of you have probably heard of also. He's an elite athlete as well and heads up the Brave Like Gabe Foundation. Um, and so I met Amanda briefly at the finish line of Speedgoat 50K back in July. And I was so impressed with her strength. Like she ran that race really well, especially being postpartum. And I'll never forget her legs at the finish line. My daughter still um, mentions this sometimes. You know how like weird things stick in kids' brains? They just kind of like, like you say, oh, trail race or mountain race. And then, you know, their mind goes to like, Oh, some blood that we saw or whatever. And so Amanda's legs were literally like splattered in blood, not just like a little cut and a dribble. It was like, (laughs) she had an injury, like, you know, a cut on one leg. And then the other leg was splattered kind of like a murder scene on her legs. (laughs) And it was awesome. But I mean, she was just rolling with it and had a great race. And so today In this episode, we get to hear about how Amanda's journey through training and racing has been now that she's mom. And basically we're all coming to you today in mom mode in the thick of it. Uh, And it's just refreshing to have an honest conversation about the good and hard parts of running while mothering. Uh, Amanda shares some much needed reminders and grace for all of us, which we really appreciated. So grab your coffee or get out the door for a run and give this one a listen. Hi, Amanda. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, Beautiful fall weather here in Boulder now. We've got clean air. Um, Rylan and I are having a girls week with some solo parenting while Justin's back in Minnesota working. (laughs) It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. Um, like the smoke is getting better because I, I live in Oregon and so it's been really, really tough. There's been a lot of days in like the, 
where the AQI is in like 400s, 300s, it's terrible. Has it been like that with you? Oregon's been nuts. So my fa- I'm from Oregon. My family lives there. Yeah. So they tell me about it all the time. And um, Colorado last year was really bad. And this year it's actually, it hasn't been that bad. Okay. Um, I think we've kind of lucked out and now we're getting cooler weather already. Like it's already snowed in mountains. And mm. so we might, you know, we might be lucky and not get too much of it. Yeah. That's I hope good. so. Yeah. <laughs> Cause now it's fall and you just want the air to be like crisp and clean and, yeah. you know, yeah. Done with, with the smoke, but let's first start with a little introduction. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do? Who is Amanda Basham? You know, it's so funny how hard that question is to answer sometimes. Like, you know, I should be able to answer this very easily, especially as many times as I've been asked. Um, yeah, I guess it kind of depends on how far you want to go back, but, um, basically I'm, I grew up in a tiny town called Sweet Home, Oregon. Um, my parents still live there. It's close to Eugene and it's, there's not a whole lot going on. So you pretty much play sports or you're going to be bored. Um, and if I didn't play sports, my parents would make me work. So I chose lots of sports. (laughs) So growing up, I mean, I did everything, even cheerleading. And when I tell people that now who like really know me, it's just so funny because I'm so not a cheerleader. <laughs> like I, I think I just enjoyed it because I was the base who would like throw people around. So that was kind of yeah. fun. But the actual cheering itself, you know, cheerleading wasn't my best sport, but um, yeah, I kind of played everything. I didn't start running until my senior year of high school, um, longer distance. So I actually did sprints and um, hurdles and field events, but then I switched over my senior year of high school um, and did cross country because I quit volleyball and I just loved it. And that was kind of what started my whole running career, really Um, starting that team and the coach on the team who was really inspiring and um, just really awesome. And that led me to running in college, which ultimately like these little things um, that didn't seem very big at the time kind of got me to where I am now. And so running just kept becoming this bigger and bigger thing. And then I got into trail running, um, a little later, like, um, 20, I was probably about 25 and I just loved it and just kind of made my whole world around it. And I was living in Portland, um, working at Nike and I decided to quit my job, moved to Colorado to be a better runner. And I think so far it's worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. It definitely has. You've had amazing accomplishments in running, which is awesome. Yeah. I think, I think you, you have cracked it. And then now we get to see like what it's been like since you had a baby, but you mentioned, um, on your website, that you like found running in high school, like you just said, and it actually is maybe what helped you recover from an eating disorder. And I was curious about that because, you know, EDs are usually often so linked in the running world that it's kind of neat that running actually led you to healing instead. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. Um, so 
that kind of started the whole, the eating disorder issue started um, about my freshman year of high school. And got, I'm so bad that like, I can't even really remember like a lot of the high school days, like just blurry vision because I think of just like such a big calorie deficit and um, just kind of going through the motions, but it's really hard for me to like go back and kind of think of exactly how each of those years went. Mm-hmm. And then finally, my senior year of high school, my volleyball coach had approached me about it. Um, I think it had become kind of obvious at that point. And I was still kind of in denial. So I got really mad at her and it made me quit the team. But I needed something to do because I'm, you know, just like, I, I got to have something going on. And Sweet Home's just, there's not a lot going on there. And you so, didn't want to work. <laughs> and I didn't want to work. Um, so I actually really loved my biology teacher, who was also the um, cross country coach. And so I decided to do cross country because that was the same season as volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about running. I didn't own a watch. I had bought some like Puma walking shoes at Hela Shoe Source in Lebanon, which is like the next town over. Quality. And I them. They're on my little like trophy shelf um because they were just so funny like to look back at it now um and I I had told the coach that I was going to join and I kind of thought of it as like this way to replace volleyball but also like I mean what's terrible like you know like all these runners are super skinny like no one's gonna like bother me about it because it's just kind of normal in that world um but I didn't know anything about running I wasn't because I like wanted to be some really good runner and win races. But yeah, so I told I had told the coach and I um, he gave me a training plan for that summer and I did everything that it said like exactly and I showed up um, to practice during the season or when the season started and um, I ran with the guys because I was just I just didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of ran and I didn't really think much about it. And so I just ran with all the guys and. Um, I really loved it and I just naturally was kind of good at it but I kept having these days throughout the season where I just didn't have the energy to do it and it was really random like I I was so frustrated because I felt like I had this potential to do it really well and then I just have these days where I just would perform terribly and I knew that in order to be like the runner I was turning out that I wanted to be I had to be helpful and so it actually really inspired me to change what I was doing and to actually eat and um, kind of fix all of those things that go along with the knee disorder, you know, just not just the physical side, but the mental side. And um, I ended up winning the district championships that year and going to state and that's what got me to run in college. And um, it really like started my whole recovery process. That's so cool. You know, I mean, that's, that's so neat that you were able to like recognize that you needed more, you know, you needed to treat your body really well to be able to perform well. Cause I think it can often be you, um, for a short amount of time, you know, um, smaller, lighter is faster, but then you hit a breaking point. And so it's good. You kind of like realized that, um, you know, I mean, of course, like it doesn't feel good to feel bad. 
right? And yeah, totally. And and oh. it was just so like it was really unexpected when I would feel bad. Um, because like you said, like sometimes you can go through it for a little while and it actually you do run pretty well, like pretty fast. You feel okay, you can get through it, especially with like what we consider now shorter distances, considering we run ultras. Um, yeah. But yeah, at the time, 5K seemed long. But you can get through it for a while. And then it's like your body is just like, nope, some of those days. And when those days ended up being the day of state championships, mm-hmm. it was really frustrating. So, yeah. 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 So I just knew, you know, what I was doing wasn't going to be beneficial in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Like mentally, how did you make that shift? Like, what was there any like fear there in like realizing what you needed to do to change? And then like, I mean, were you, did you have a fearful relationship with food or, um, how did you kind of overcome that? Like mentally, you know, it's weird. It's like, it was never the, I I mean, I don't think it's anyone's goal to like have an eating disorder when things start, it just kind of ends up spiraling out of control and it ends up being what you think about nonstop all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And then you get to this point where you're just like, what, like, I can't control this. Like these thoughts going through your head all the time from the second you wake up to the second you go to sleep. And I've thought so much about why that even started. And I don't even think it was ever because I had this, like, I don't think the main point was ever like, oh, I want to be super skinny. It was more of like kind of a control thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And just like getting into bad relationships really young, you know, which tends to happen in like small towns um, and just having that sort of stuff go on. I think that was why. So it wasn't, once I found this thing where I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to be better? Um, eating better is one of those things. It was relatively easy. I mean, it took a long time and I had those like thoughts through my head for a long time after the recovery process started, but it wasn't really like scared of, of eating food. Um, I think because I had this goal where I like, I just knew that's what needed to happen. Yeah. It was like I was able to kind of shift and know that um, this was going to be more beneficial because I want to be a good runner. Like you have to be healthy, yeah. do all those things. I wonder if it, um, because you're probably a pretty competitive person, right? I mean, <laughs> it yeah. helps if you're going to be at the top <laughs> of our sport. Um, but I wonder like that must have actually maybe really helped you have like a healthy transition, you know, like the competitive, like wanting to do well, the birth, you know, that maybe helped transition you into like a better place. Yeah. um, Physically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, you know, once I started getting better, and then performing better, like you can see all of these things happening. You start feeling better day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can train better. Uh, I'd show up to meets and be able to actually like run the way that I wanted. And, you know, that's really motivating to keep doing the things that you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, which is also 
probably why a lot of times it goes the other way because, you know, initially people can restrict themselves a lot and train really well and race really well. But then all of a sudden in a very short term, they're just kind of broken. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's kind of late, like too late at that point because you've done so much damage to your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It could be very, very serious. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do want to like fast forward, you know, to like just mom stuff and like Mm -hmm. pregnancy and postpartum. I just still being on this topic though, I'm, I'm curious if you, um, like has any of those struggles kind of come back with pregnancy and postpartum? I mean, that can be a very hard time for just for athletes with, um, I don't know. I, I mean, probably like with the control stuff, you can't really control a lot of what your body's doing in pregnancy or postpartum and, or if, um, just like body changes can be like really difficult, I think. And I don't think people talk about it enough. Um, just that, I don't know, body changes are hard with athletes because we're used to our bodies doing kind of what we want them to do. Um, did you have any problems with that? Yeah, I wouldn't say like in an eating disorder type way. I I would honestly say like I've fully 100% recovered from that. Um, cool, good. A little while, I mean, a while ago, uh, quite a few years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really difficult initially um, because I, I just couldn't run and couldn't do the thing. I did keep running but it was so not enjoyable <laughs> during pregnancy yeah. when I was pregnant. Yeah. yeah it's definitely not the same. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, early on too. And I was, and I just kept thinking, you know, it was my first experience obviously. And, um, I was just like, I shouldn't feel this terrible, like this early, mm-hmm. but you just do sometimes. And <laughs> it totally makes sense. But then you know, by the time you feel a little bit better, you're, you got a pretty big belly and then running hurts in a different way. <laughs> it's like, totally. I had, uh, some sciatica that gave me a lot of back pain and stuff. And so it was just really hard to like, not have that outlet. Um, you know, luckily I don't really feel like I need an outlet a lot, but I think everyone does at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my thing, you know, like my whole life I had focused on revolving it around running. And so, you know, once that wasn't really enjoyable and wasn't helping me kind of de-stress or any of those things, it was, that was really hard. So I kind of had to shift. I just had to shift my entire mindset from like performance, which I had thought about, I mean, thir- like 13 years at this point, it was like all performance. And I just have to shift that more to like, what am I doing? Well, I'm creating a human. I just need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, running for health is a lot different than running to try to win a race. And once I was able to like shift that mindset, then it was totally fine. And it became a lot better. I feel like it's kind of like that mindset from, you know, you want to eat better. The first mindset that you had when you had your eating disorder to running, to being healthy, to be able to run. Now it's kind of shifting it, not back, but the same shift has to happen where it's like, 
okay, I'm not running to compete. I'm running to stay healthy. And it, it's a big mind shift to change. I'm sure for you too, because it was over a decade of time that you were competing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that was just, that was really a hard thing, but yeah, once I just thought about it, um, it just made it so much easier, you know, and I just was able to kind of go day by day and just do what I could do and be okay with it and be like gentler on yourself, maybe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, why am I so upset about this? Like I'm seven, eight months pregnant. I'm still running. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I am super healthy. Like I'm clearly not training to go win Western States right now. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to be so frustrated and yeah, that made it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Were, so had, did you like shut all like future thoughts of races off or did you still like kind of secretly have things you wanted to work towards maybe not in pregnancy, but like right after, um, yeah. What did you think about that (laughs) goals? um, goals. Yeah. I think for a little while I did shut that completely off. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but of course it was like, right when I had her, I'm like, there's this instant relief. So I think I'll rewind a little bit. Once you're in the third trimester, you just feel very uh, happy and doing everything <laughs> is so hard. And so I did not care about like bouncing back, racing, all that. It was like, I just got to get through this <laughs> and, yeah. and be as, like, try to be comfortable a little bit and sleep and, um, and it's all short term. So it's totally fine. And then once I had Ryland, it was, I mean, literally the second I had her, I felt so good, just like instant relief. And of course, you know, probably the second we got out of the hospital, races are just like going through my mind and running. And I'm like, yes, I get to run again and it feels so good. And it's going to be so easy. Like I ran with this giant belly and now it's gone. Um, And it just was like pure bliss. For, freedom. for so long to go back to running. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still, I still enjoy it way more than I did before. I think that you kind of, just your whole mindset changes about everything and the feelings about, you know, your body, like a lot of people are hard on themselves about how they look and you want to look like a runner and all of these things. And you know, you don't care as much once you have a kid. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. you know what? My body is badass. I just created this tiny human and I'm out here running in the mountains, taking care of the human I created and doing all of these things. Like, I'm definitely not worried about having a six pack. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Although I think you do have one, <laughs> if we're being honest. Training. <laughs> Definitely didn't come back right away, but it, you know, training just kind of naturally gets you there, Mm -hmm. but like not really thinking like, oh, I need to go train to get back into shape. It was more like, oh, I get to run. Yeah. And then eventually I was back in shape, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, so was your, what was your birth experience like? Was that pretty, um, 
pretty good. Like you're, I mean, you, you said you felt good after. Right after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that release feeling. Um, but like, what was, were, were there any like body trauma issues from birth? No, I'm 12. The only trauma was more like, <laughs> I tried to do it without any pain meds and <laughs> total time was 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Time, no pain meds was about 11 hours. Okay. And so initially I was like, oh, this won't be that bad. I was progressing really quickly, didn't really hurt. And the nurse was like, oh, you're gonna have this baby by lunchtime. Lunchtime comes around. There is no baby and there's no time for baby. And I hadn't even progressed at all, like in five hours. Uh, Besides the fact that I was like, just hurting so bad. I mean, a pain you cannot explain to people who haven't been through it. Oh yeah. my gosh. People who try to compare it to races, it is nothing like doing a race. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, not at all. I told the doctors right there because they knew that I was a runner. I'm like, if you could tell me this pain would stop, if I just got up and ran 300 miles right now, I would do it. <laughs> like it'd be easy. And so finally, I mean, I was in such bad pain um, towards the end of that 11 hours that I finally got an epidural mm-hmm. and instantly, I mean, I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. It was crazy. It was so crazy. I took a nap. I know. And then I think, why did I do this to myself? Um, But I actually still am glad that I tried it because I think it's just something that you're just not going to experience otherwise. Right. Oh, it's very unique. It's a very unique feeling and time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced the epidural as well and, and the nap after you get one as well. And it's like, it is amazing that that can happen you know (laughs) yeah I was just so like so surprised that it went from such excruciating pain that like you can't even explain to just nothing I mean it was nothing it was nuts yeah yeah Yeah. so then after that it was pretty easy it just took another like six hours okay it drives me nuts when people say you're gonna have this baby by this time because I'm I feel like it just jinxes people you're like that's not gonna happen yeah (laughs) right yeah but she Uh, she came out well yeah yeah super easy um once I started pushing it was only less than 20 minutes oh awesome okay wow that's that's really fast especially for your first yeah I mean I think I pushed for like three hours on my first yeah that's what most people tell me (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's awesome but then how was how did you like return to running did you run right away or did you wait for like the six-week check or did you go to a physical therapist or what was kind of like your postpartum journey back so I remember I went on a hike very middle like I mean short hike mm-hmm. uh we live in the mountains so it's easy we can just walk out the door and went on a hike like day three that we got home from the hospital and so I did pretty like minor things like that but I knew I wasn't gonna attempt to run for quite a few weeks. Um, I went to my four week checkup and my doctor knew the whole time that I run a lot. And she said, basically, because it's just what I do 
all the time and my body's used to it that as long as I feel good, I can do it. And then, so once I got to my four week point, she's like, everything looks great. You look healed. Like if you feel okay, you can try running. Wow. So I did, I did, um, we have a little loop outside of our house. Our neighborhood loop is a, a mile. So I started with that one mile loop. Just did it once the first day because I was nervous. So I was trying to keep it easy. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of got into it slowly from there. So four weeks about. How did that first one feel? Oh, remember? amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I text every friend, every family member. And I was like, I ran a mile today and it was pure bliss. Oh like, my gosh. Just every second. It was so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's you're a lot lighter at that point even though you're still probably kind of weird a little disconnected yeah but lighter (laughs) Rylan's trying to join the conversation I know hi how are you (laughs) oh my gosh did you um do you do much like stroller running with her is she a running buddy yeah yeah she definitely is we had to wait a little bit until she hold her head enough but um I can't remember how, how old she was when we started running with her but yeah I've been a I've done 10 miles is the longest wow. but um I which is very hard I mean 10 miles with a stroller it feels oh, like yeah. 20. Oh, <laughs> you're like so depleted afterwards like yeah. you're so hungry and tired and thirsty yeah. and like dead yeah it's very efficient it's like strength training and running in once mm-hmm. um but Justin, so Justin works in Minnesota and he works one week every third week. And so okay. I'm solo parenting during that time. So we get a lot of stroller runs. Oh, We're in Minnesota. Uh, Minneapolis. Oh, okay. I'm from Minnesota or I live in Minnesota. Oh, so. oh nice. So, yeah. Well, part? Uh, Southern Minnesota. Oh, okay. I'm by Mankato kind of. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how does that work? Um, like with him being gone a lot is that I mean does it work pretty well or is it hard or (laughs) (laughs) um Rylan's not shy and she doesn't like to be left out so that's okay Mm -hmm. um you know it actually everyone kept telling us it wasn't gonna work you know that situation's gotta change blah 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 but it works pretty well for us um I think it actually we get to, he gets to be around a lot more than if he had to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, because he just works, he works night shift, 12 hour shifts for seven days straight. And then he gets two weeks off. Wow. But like, wow. he also has a job where like, when he's not at work, he doesn't have to think about it. That's so nice. yeah. So he just works really hard during that week and it's pretty tough on him, you know, to like work nights and 12 hours shifts but um he just works hard during that week and then he's totally open and free for two weeks straight yeah yeah that's not too bad yeah it's not bad it works pretty well yeah and so how how has like getting back into like serious training been um and and I'm, I'm just curious about like balancing your serious training with Justin's serious training. You're both elite runners, you know, 
how does that work with parenting and training? <laughs> well, it's definitely been very hard. I will say that. Um, it's definitely not easy. So my family lives in Oregon and his family lives in Minnesota and we chose to live in Boulder, Colorado. Right. Um, so our family's been great and has come out here and helped a lot. Um, but we don't always have that luxury of just like taking her to a family member. And with COVID, um, we haven't really wanted to like take her to a bunch of random babysitters. Mm-hmm. You're whining. You want this? No. I just want to be with the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just had to switch off basically. So um I think we're lucky in a way that like Rylan seems pretty easy for the most part, although she doesn't like to sleep, which makes things challenging. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um she does not nap. I mean, she's crazy. She hasn't been. She is, has never been a napper. And she sounds like my daughter too. <laughs> it's a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. <Real> fun. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's crazy. Um, she has so much energy and she's just like a social butterfly. She loves people. She loves all the attention. And she just like, tries not to fall asleep especially with people around <laughs> she doesn't want to miss out i know right yeah. like been uh, running since day one yeah. i wonder oh, why yeah. shocker yeah right. <laughs> um yeah so that's been a little hard because a lot of times our mornings are like trying to switch off like napping so that we feel okay and then one of us runs and then we switch and the next one runs and a lot of, I mean, a lot of times it's been like our day's over at that point. <laughs> We're not getting much else done. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, all we need to really do is take care of her and run anyways during those times. So um, it's been, it's definitely been hard with the lack of sleep. That's been the biggest thing. Yeah. What do you, I mean, do you have like days where you just feel like a zombie? Oh yeah. I mean, Please say yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd say more days than not for sure. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I'm the kind of person that like I function the best on probably 10 hours of sleep and then a, a little nap during the day, <laughs> especially when training a lot and that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And like, so then, I mean, that's like your body's recovery. You just, it's like an endless cycle of waking up, literally feeling like, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel, cause I have a four month old and who is a terrible sleeper. And sometimes I just feel like every day you're waking up feeling like super hungover <laughs> or, you know, just sometimes I'll like, wake up and I'll look at something and I feel like my vision's literally like vibrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's just, you can't even see straight. You're just yeah. so tired. Yeah. How do you push through that? Yeah. Cause it's so hard to like get the motivation to get out and run when I'm just like, it takes everything to pour myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's been really hard some days for mm-hmm. sure. Especially like when both of us are so exhausted, we both got to run long. Um, 
we have a race coming up or like usually one of us has a race we've learned to like kind of switch so that whoever has the race coming up um the other person kind of takes care of her more so that the other one gets to sleep whoever's racing um but you still just constantly feel sleep deprived it's like the new normal is just feeling a little crappy that's kind of how it's been um i think you know i don't know it's it's hard it's just really hard to like motivate yourself every day and i think that's why it takes like our entire day because we wake up totally feeling hungover i mean both of us and then we try to nap to like i was joking with justin that like half of our day is just trying to like feel good enough to not throw up yeah <laughs> that's pretty much what it is and it's like so sad but also funny um yeah I mean that's like half our day and then we finally get out running um I've had a lot of days too where I just don't find that motivation and I'm so exhausted that I feel like if I have some time where Justin can watch her then maybe I should just sleep instead of run so training has been a lot different um it's not been quite the high mileage I've gotten pretty good weeks I'd say but not quite as high mileage as I would have done in the past. Um, definitely not ideal. Mostly just running, no like workouts really, because a lot of times it's just like getting that motivation just to go. And that's sometimes easier knowing you can just like kind of slog, like walk jog, you know, rather than having to do like hill repeats or something. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of that, I'd say. So it hasn't been ideal, but it's, you know, that's just how it goes. You're listening to your body though, too. Yeah. You're yeah, tired. Totally. Yeah. And you're doing the best you can. And, and every day is different. Like I'm sure if there are, I mean, there are good days, you know, right. Where you feel okay. And then you can have like a, a better run, but yeah, I mean, totally. it's, it's nice that you're being, um, I mean, you know, we're all like just taking it day by day. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all just day by day. And um, it feels better. So I coach myself. I have for a long time. And I think that's really good at this time, especially because every day is just so different. And I think it'd be hard for me to enjoy it because I always like it should never feel like a chore it shouldn't feel like a chore every day it's going to sometimes but like if you're just gonna be miserable like day after day after day like I'm always like what's the point you know like for the most part you should somewhat enjoy it and so that's also why I've just like taken the stress off of like doing specific workouts and doing specific mileage and kind of just taking each day as it comes and whatever I get in that day that's kind of what it is Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's like in the long run, ultimately we run for fun. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, they're also, I mean, you also run professionally, but it's like, we all started running because it's fun and yeah. we enjoy the sport, but if it's really, really not being fun, then yeah, you got have to reevaluate what you need to do to keep it good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't have to like, go through misery every single day yeah to get it yeah done, you know so you just got to kind of 
change how you look at it and yeah um you know just kind of get that stoke back however you can yeah yeah the stoke <laughs> what is that no, I'm just kidding um, um so um I'm curious like with the the training being like not what you would usually ideally do what about you know getting back into your ultras how has that been like you did um so was the first ultra back was that speed goat it was yeah how how was that tell us about that it was (laughs) round so loud um it was honestly I loved it I had so much fun but I also went into it you know, my, like my body felt really good. I felt like I had slept. Um, felt like I had recovered from the training that I did, which was more, was less than what I had done in the past, but I just can't recover the same because I don't get the type of sleep and all of that that I used to. So I can't do quite as much and recover the same. So I did do less, but I felt really good, like going to the start line. And I knew I hadn't done like specific workouts in that you know, probably running a course record wasn't going to happen. Um, but my goal, because it was like the, the first ultra back and I didn't really know what to expect. I just wanted to go enjoy it. And I, it's been a really long time since I've been to, I've been able to like, honestly do that to where I'm not thinking about any performance. I'm just running to enjoy it. Like I did when I first started. Hmm, and I truly like felt like that and it was so much fun and I mean I didn't win but I didn't even like I didn't care I I also don't think I had quite like a bad race I thought it was pretty good oh Um, you did great you did awesome (laughs) I was there I was watching you you did amazing (laughs) that Um, course is burly oh my gosh I mean you guys run up to like 11,000 feet from like well, I actually don't know the elevation of the start line, but I mean, it's very impressive. Like these, these tremendous hills, mountains that you are like running on the train is insane. So that's, that's like an amazing race, first race back, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was, it was so much fun. Um, and yeah, I was just surprised. I was a little surprised, like how good my body felt, even though I couldn't run quite as fast as I have in the past. Um, I felt good. Good. Your body felt intact? Yeah, it did. It felt better than at CCC. Um, Yeah, I think I had just been able to, it was kind of a random, you know, the sleep thing is just random. And I think it worked, it happened to work out to where I actually got some good sleep before that race and felt good starting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes a really big difference. Yeah. Totally. And how, how soon was that postpartum, that race speed goat? Well, so I had her January 6th and that was July 24th. Okay. Um, yeah. Six-ish months. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Really good. I bet it was such a relief. I mean, you said it was so much fun running to not race, like just to enjoy it. Was it a big, like kind of a relief or just relaxing? as relaxing as an ultra can be <laughs> I, guess. Relaxing. I mean for me that would be it'd be enjoyable not to have that stress put on your shoulders of trying to win 
you know, or race, race competitively, but I'm not a competitive elite athlete. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I really enjoy competing, Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was, I just hadn't actually done that. I hadn't honestly done that. I've like told myself I was going to do it, but I hadn't actually done that in just so long. And I mean, not one thought crossed my mind about being competitive. It was purely just being back at it and kind of seeing how my body felt doing that kind of distance. And the time is a lot slower compared to a lot of 50Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a lot of time on your feet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it was, it just made it really fun. Good. Yeah. Can I ask, um, were, were you, or are you, um, like, were you nursing at the time? Like, how did that work? Just kind of being in a long race all of a sudden did that, how, like, how was Rylan through it and you and being away and racing with your body? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I breastfed for five months. Okay. Um, I had, I was going in, I mean, it's hard. Breastfeeding is hard, um, yeah. especially trying to run through it. And I was going in three month increments. So I was trying to be realistic, um, and not be too overwhelmed or stressed out by it. And so I was trying to go three months at a time and kind of see how things were going. And we got to five months and then I was, I was completely done at five months. Yeah. Just like mentally and emotionally and physically, were you like kind of maybe having like supply issues also, or you just were just done? Well, so once I started, so we started supplementing with formula pretty early because she just wasn't gaining enough weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had supply issues initially. Once we started supplementing with that, it was totally fine. I could like keep it up and get some extra in the freezer and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I actually had stored up a bunch. So she actually had breast milk for quite a while after I stopped. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I just had, I had really, really bad like hormone fluctuation during the entire time that I was breastfeeding. And so, I mean, it's hard on your body to like be, I mean, mentally and physically to be like trying to train and breastfeed every few hours, especially if you're doing just breastfeeding, which is totally fine. If if that like works for people, I think it's just different for everyone. What kind of works for everyone. Totally. She also, she also like had no problem whether she was breastfeeding or drinking from a bottle. Like she didn't care. She was just hungry and she just wanted to eat. <laughs> yeah. And so that was a fed. Too. Yeah. A fed baby is good. That's the goal. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, you know, I mean, I think people get so caught up on that. And, um, I mean, I just was talking to someone the other day that was like, just kind of was reminding me, um, oh, it was our pediatrician. And she was just like, um, you know, moms honestly can like really just like kind of kill themselves for this, like to keep up the breastfeeding. And, and sometimes like that is not the battle that you should be fighting or, you know, and it's, um, I mean, if it works great, if it doesn't, 
that's also great and it's fine <laughs> it's, you know yeah totally well and and Justin was all for it too like whatever makes you better is going to be better for Rylan and yeah. so whatever works is just what works and so we went through that as long as it worked and once it just wasn't working we just stopped yeah. so good it I love good. that support yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's good that he supported you and was able to see yeah. that your mental happiness is better than. Yeah, yeah. He's so great. I mean, I can't even, I can't even explain how wonderful Justin is. He's just like, uh -huh. at it. and he would even, so we started, even though we were only breastfeeding initially, I'd put it in bottles so that he could stay up and feed her and I could sleep. So because uh, I just think it's so tough, like for moms to be mm -hmm. like just 100% doing it themselves. Like that's hard, especially when it's got to be every couple hours. Like you got to sleep. That's rough. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like so in that mode right now. I am. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, like my problem lately has been that I it's very hard for me to get in the extra like pumping that I need to do to have enough milk on hand so that I could have extra help like in the night or, um, I mean, I mean, I, right now I'm just trying to get like a bag, um, like over a couple days so that there will be milk for whenever somebody babysits her, like my mom or yeah. my in-law, mother-in-law. Um, and so it's like, I don't have extra for that. And it's, it's really insane because then I'm up every two hours, you know, oh, like yeah. maybe I'll get a three hour stretch or maybe it'll just be a one hour stretch. <laughs> it's killing yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you feel like over. Yeah, totally. Seeing double, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. but yeah. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's really cool that you guys are working together as a team. Cause it is, it is a team, a teamwork situation, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, for sure. And you know, I think it can be really hard because everyone wants to give you their opinion on everything. Mm. Yeah. And I think for the most part, people intend to be helpful, but it doesn't always come across that way. You know, sometimes it just feels like they're telling you you're a bad mom because you're not solely breastfeeding a hundred, you know, a hundred percent on your own for a, a year. Yeah. And I think as a new mom, you know, you just have, I think every new mom probably has some slight guilt, whether they shouldn't, should or shouldn't for pretty much anything you do. Mm -hmm. And just to like have that on top of that is not helpful mm -mm. at all. And no. so one of, one of our, friends had a baby recently and that was the only advice I, I told her I was going to give her because I don't want to, because it's so different for everyone. I don't want to say, well, this happened for our baby. This is what you should do because it might not be the same mm -hmm. for her, you know? So I told her the only advice I'm going to say is that do whatever works best for you with breastfeeding, because everyone is going to give you their opinion and some are going to say, you know, that you're terrible and that you should breastfeed for a full year, a hundred percent, no matter what, and doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. Like that's the most important. That's what you should do. 
And, you know, of course you're going to feel bad if you don't do that a little bit at least. And so I just told her whatever works best for you, whether that's a month or that's six months or that's a year, just keep that, you know, to whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Well, and you can, I love that advice, first of all, and you can apply that to so many different areas of motherhood, like do what works best for you. I mean, safety reasons. Yes. You have to buckle your kid into their car seat or whatever, but but for the most part, like do what works for you and your family, because no one's baby is the same. No one's family is the same. Like everyone is completely different. So blindly putting like you have to breastfeed for a year exclusively and no one's allowed to help you do anything with that. Like that's just not reasonable. So pressure. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. You already feel so much pressure as a new mom to begin with. And then you're sleep deprived, even if you do have, you know, your husband's feeding your kid a bottle or whatever, like yeah, you're going to be tired no matter what. It's a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, um, just the, the true weight of like life stress and, um, or, you know, whatever you're going through at the time, like life is just so not easy in general, you know, it's like, and we, we've all got stuff. We've got things where things that are going on that people can't see things that we're processing through. There's, there's grief, there's like literal stress or anxiety or, or depression or whatever, you know, it's like, you just, you have to like, know that there's, you just have to, um, I think, understand like that. Yeah. Our, all of our experiences are so different and, um, and just like cut, cut, we all have to cut ourselves, you know, some slack just for what's on our mom, like minds and hearts, like every day. Cause there's a lot, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like we're all going to try. I mean, I think that all new moms are trying to do the best that they possibly can. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, sometimes you're going to feel like uh, I'm not doing as good as this person, or I could do this thing better, whatever. And you just have to realize like you're doing, you're doing the best you can with what you got. And that's kind of what it is. And it's going to be fine. And it, you know, you just got to chill out a little, like Mm -hmm. give yourself some credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, okay. So can we, I, I would like to hear a little bit about, um, CCC cause that was the next ultra on your postpartum journey <laughs> and back yeah. to racing and all of that. Um, okay. Well, okay. To start with CCC, Justin and Ryland didn't end up coming with you to France. Yeah. And yeah. so can you talk about, um, what led you guys to that decision and how it was not like not having them with you? What were your emotions? <laughs> yeah. So they were, we were all supposed to go. Um, my mom was coming to help with Ryland and Justin and I were both going to race and two, I think it was two days before we were supposed to leave the CDC changed their recommendations to if you're not vaccinated to not travel over there because France was kind of having a big increase in COVID cases. And Justin's a doctor. He can't 
you know, and he's just a really good person. Like, he's just like, I, like, I can't take Rylan over there. There's just, we can't. Yeah. And so he decided to stay home with her, even though I told him he should go because he had been training a lot better. He was in a lot better shape than me. And I thought he'd perform better, but he thought I should go because my mom was there with us. She hadn't been to France. Um, she had taken all this time off of work to go and I hadn't got to race as much as he had. And so we decided that I would go and we had a, we had a fun time, but it was just, it was just, it was very hard for me to be over there without them. And I think that led to, um, a lot of stress that kind of went into the race as well. And that wasn't ultimately, um, why I didn't finish, but I think that was definitely a, a little bit a part of it, just having that extra stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, um, yeah, tell us about the race, like how it started and kind of like when things started going south for you. Yeah. So, um, for some reason I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping very well when we were over there. And I think that contributed bummer because you could have right (laughs) it was it was such a bummer I'm like oh I'm gonna get great sleep like that part won't be a factor blah 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 and of course I'm just like thinking about them the whole time trying to convert to like a different um time zone and all this stuff and I just I couldn't sleep it was hard um and so I thought I felt okay the day of the race but it was funny too I also felt like it was like my first hundred K, like I had never done the distance before and, um, felt kind of like a newbie. And once we got started, I felt okay for a little bit. Um, probably through like, I'm trying to remember the distance I was at. I think it was around mile 20 ish that I just started having this like pretty bad pelvic pain. Um, and some pain in my sacrum and it was the same kind of pain where when I was training it was my indicator of okay that's enough for the day or like I'm going to take tomorrow off Mm. and I hadn't like I didn't feel that at speed go I hadn't felt it in training for a really long time but I think you know those courses are just really gnarly like a lot of really steep up and down and I think it was just you know maybe a little too much for my body you know, at the time. And, and every day is so different that it's kind of hard to know, you know, how you're going to feel one day versus the other. But, um, yeah, I think overall, I just probably needed a little bit more of that kind of training, um, for my body to be strong enough. It felt off. It felt, it didn't feel good. Like, and I was really concerned about having more like long-term damage, which, I just never think is worth pushing through, you know? I think my rule a long time ago became like, if I'm just being a baby, I'm tired, you know, normal stuff. Like no matter how long it's gonna take me, I'm gonna finish. But if anything, you know, I twist an ankle and I'm gonna mess it up finishing or this sort of thing, which was totally different than um, past stuff. That's gonna cause an issue like longer term, like an injury, then, you know, I just need to call it like, that's the day. And that's just what I had that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when did you, when did you pull out? 
Well, so I got to Champagne Lock and sat there for a while, um, kind of telling my crew what was going on. And I knew I was going to leave there, but I ate a bunch. Um, I was trying to rule out any other factors that were maybe um, also taking over because I wanted to make sure I wasn't just being tired, you know, because it's tiring like pretty soon, pretty quick at that race. Um, so I wanted to make sure none of that was going on. And I wanted to go to the next aid station at least. It was like, it was only like eight, maybe six, six to eight miles, something like that to Trient is the aid station. Mm -hmm. And that took a very long time because I basically walked the entire thing. Mm -hmm. um, what became worse is that I couldn't run the downhills because that was what caused the like bad pelvic and uh, sacral pain. And so I walked that entire downhill that was like three or four miles. Um, and I just knew like, this just isn't, this isn't going to happen. It was just getting worse. Um, didn't feel right. Uh, it was just way off. And so I knew coming into Trient that I was going to drop then. So I was at 43-ish miles. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's always unfortunate, you know, I mean, a DNF never like feels good, but that was clearly like the right decision for you. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what DNFs are always kind of a bummer. Um, especially like you take time away from your family, you go all the way over to Europe to run this race and you don't even finish, you know? So you feel kind of bad about that. Like, oh, it was a waste of time, but I think that's just the initial feeling. It was still, it's, it wasn't a waste of time. Um, I actually, I told Justin, I actually got to see a lot of the course because I actually paid attention because I wasn't just like in race mode and it's so pretty, every yeah. step of it. It's insane. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I was just like, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. And you're running through it and yeah. gosh, I know. Well, um, oh shoot. Well, and then also like you got that time with your mom too, which is yeah, totally. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she like, hasn't been anywhere pretty much. And so, especially going to France, she was so excited. Um, yeah, it's mind blowing yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did you, you hadn't had any like indication that this might come up in the race, the pelvic pain? Not the pelvic, that part had went away for a long time. Um, so it would happen initially after like a few miles when I very first started training. And so I would just call it for that day. Like I would stay close to home so that I could just, if I felt bad, I would stop running. And then gradually over time, as I slowly increased, it would, um, it would take a lot longer for that feeling to come back. Mm -hmm. And then like at Speedgo, I didn't feel it at all, zero. Um, and I hadn't felt it in training in a long time. I, I had a little bit of the sacrum issue. I get this like kind of sharp pain right at my sacrum on downhills. Hmm. I had felt some of that, um, but I hadn't felt the pelvic pain in a really long time. And I think just, you know, time on feet. And that was the longest I had done because previous to that was only 50 K. And then I got to 43 there and how much vert there is just like it's so steep it's steep downhill running and yeah it's just it's a lot of force on your body and um it just seemed you know like it was just a little too much for a body to handle mm -hmm. yeah 
Did you have anything after, like any pain, like um, after the fact? Only for a few days. Um, I remember it was pretty easy to walk around. Like my muscles didn't feel very sore because I'd hiked a lot. Um, but I had a little bit of that pain kind of linger for maybe a few days and then it was okay. And so, and I didn't run for probably a week. Um, and then once I started running, I had it a little bit after like just a few miles. And so I just like, didn't do a whole lot. Um, but now it seems kind of back to normal. Okay, good. good. Yeah. 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 Good. Hope it stays that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have like any, uh, races on the calendar? Um, I had thought about Havelina, but to be honest, I just don't think it's very, uh, inspiring, I think is a good word. Mm -hmm. Um, I had kind of thought of Madeira, but I think another international trip just isn't realistic. So I'm not totally sure. Um, I think what I kind of decided to do was work a little more on some speed and then think about a race. I really need some of that back. Cause like I said before, like I've just been running. I haven't really done any, anything structured. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm finally at that point where I can do some, some structured stuff. Um, so I'm kind of focusing on like a little lower mileage, but some faster stuff to kind of get that back and kind of see how that goes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And well, and I, I feel like I should just say like, you've done really inspiring stuff postpartum with only just running, you know, I mean, (laughs) you, you seem like so strong and I mean, speed goat was amazing and, and CCC was too. I mean, you just had to, you had to stop early, but it's like, you're still just like getting back out there, even when life is hard and your body is tired and doesn't get recovery like it used to. I'm just impressed. So good job. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think my whole perspective on all of it's changed. It's like, I'm really appreciative of what I can even do. Um, it's, it's just so like the whole time I was pregnant, it was so mind blowing to me that like, cause I'd read the little, what to expect things of like how things are going and watch the little videos. And I'm like, this is so cool. And it's still just so like mind blowing to me that your body does that. And then you can go like run hundred miles. Like it's just nuts. And so I think, I think it's good to just appreciate the fact that you can do any of it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that. Totally. Yeah. I know it's pretty, <laughs> pretty badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like has like, I guess how has like your why for running changed since becoming a mom, you know, like what's that like driving force now behind your training and racing? Yeah. I think so before it was just like, all I had to worry about was me and my dogs, you know, and Um, I could train, sleep, eat however I wanted to. I could fly to Europe tomorrow. And my sole goal was to just like run a bunch and perform as well as I could. And now I think, I mean, like I said, the main thing is like, I'm just so much more appreciative of the fact that I get to do any of it at all. Mm -hmm. Like even on days I can run a few miles, you know, I know a lot of people have challenges with even doing that. Like sometimes your body just doesn't 
function the way that you want it to for a lot longer than I've experienced. And I'm just glad that, you know, for the most part, my body's held up. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty good that I can do, you know, 43 miles before, um, you know, my body really just needs to be done. Um, In the Alps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 43 miles with like 15,000 feet of her. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's the main thing is just like, I feel like it makes me better every day, which makes me a better mom for Island. Like it just, even when you're tired, you know, and I think that's how, that's probably how I convince myself to go. Even when I'm really tired, it's like, just go jog a few miles. It doesn't matter how fast it is or how long I go, no matter what, like, even if I go run for one mile, like I just feel better and I'm in a better mood. It actually gives me a little more energy afterwards. And then, you know, my time with Rylan is, is so much better for her. Like if I'm in that kind of mood versus just a zombie and kind of upset or, you know, just not feeling very good. Mm-hmm. For, sure. Mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So I'm wondering, um, like maybe like what's been the biggest challenge since becoming a mom in general Ooh. could be re- running related or not. <laughs> the sleep I'd say is the biggest thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so hard to do anything with little sleep. I mean, which is like, well, duh, but, um, no, it's real. Yeah. It's so that's hard. I mean, and like I said, I'm not the kind of person that used to only sleep for like, you know, six hours. And I felt great. It was like 10 hours plus a nap. That's whether I'm running or not, you know? And (laughs) Oof, this is the lack of sleep has been quite the adjustment. I mean, just like you said, I feel hungover all the time. Yeah. It, it's just like that feeling of slight nausea, <laughs> you know, just for no reason. It's like, I didn't even drink last night or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's rough. And then to have that lack of sleep, but still have this little person like depending on you 24 seven is hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So then to throw on, you know, an uh, hour plus run, you know, that can be really challenging on a lot of days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> most days. Yeah. Just all days. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What's been the biggest like victory or like celebration or what's been the best thing about becoming a mom? I don't know if it's one thing I can point out besides the fact of just like, there's just this, I mean, you guys will know, obviously, but there's just this like joy and love for this little human that it's so hard to explain to people because it's so, you just aren't going to ever know what it feels like until you have a child. Like it's, it's just so unreal to like love this little person so much. Mm -hmm anything they do. I mean, laugh, cry, uh, poop, whatever, you know, <laughs> you're like, Oh, they're just so cute. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. Just the whole thing. I mean, even in, so I'll explain to people like my friends who don't have kids, um, and I'll be telling them, you know, about sleep deprivation and all of these things. And they're like, you know, you're really not selling me on it. I'm like, 
you know, there's just this, this part of it that is so worth every one of those hard moments that I just can't explain to you. Mm-hmm. you know, like just having them around. It's just like, they're just so, she's so wonderful. I would never like no race or mountain I could summit would be worth not having her. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it is hard. Oh. It is hard. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> it is worth it. It feels like your heart's just, I think I read a quote that's like, it's your heart walking outside of your body. Like these little yeah. humans are just, they explode your life in so many ways that you didn't know it was possible. And then, and then maybe you have another one and you're like, how am I going to fit more love into like me? And then it just like multiplies and it just gets yeah. bigger. And like, it just, your heart just keeps growing for these tiny little humans. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think also it just, like I said before, it kind of just makes you appreciate just anything else that you're able to do like more than before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it does take so much more effort to do things for yourself, you know, like to get out for a run takes so much more effort than it did before you had kids. And so you appreciate that run even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it's cool. Like what you were saying that you and Justin can take turns doing that and making sure you're both kind of getting your, your cups filled a little bit, you know? Um, I, I am curious, like, because he's also racing a lot, like you mentioned, how has that been for him and, and for you like crewing, you know, crewing races with a kid while momming, like what, what's that been like? for you yeah so some of them she was kind of too little especially you know with the pandemic going on to like for us to travel so some of them early on he went by himself and I think the hard part with that is that he really just doesn't enjoy it without us there so I think we've kind of realized through a little bit of trial and error that we have to do different races we can't be racing the same ones and at least for the most part and um, it's got to be ones where we can each be there for each other because we're both just going to, it's going to be more worth it because we're going to, the whole thing is going to be better. Yeah. The, like performance wise, experience, just all of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's good to do things on your own for sure, but it also just depends on what, I mean, just like everything else, what works best for you. And I think for us, it just works better if one of us is racing and the other one is like, is there supporting crewing. And so we kind of have to just plan our schedules to where we only go to races where we can do that now. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we'll kind of do it moving forward. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure like- eventually if you're wanting to run races together, like in the future, you'll be able to run races together again or the same race at the same yeah time. totally and we've and we've talked about that too like this is probably the harder time in life for mm-hmm. all of that and it'll be you know short term in the grand scheme of things yeah you're in the thick of it mm-hmm. yeah. we're all in the thick of it yeah um, yeah I like that acknowledgement though just of of this is what it is and 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 
that you guys race better when each other's there because there is nothing like having your best friend and your family and your your offspring you know yeah. literally there during like at, in aid stations at the finish line and um i mean chase and i have talked about that also and and actually i mean i don't know it makes i think it makes racing make more sense when your your people are there to share it with you know i mean even though you're running um like by yourself but it's just I don't know. I think that really, really makes a huge difference to have your loved ones around you. Yeah, sure. So at Speedgo, um, Justin did the short course, Yeah. but then he, um, we had his sister there to help with Rylan. And so she watched Rylan while he did the short course. And then he was done in time to go up to some of the aid stations for me. And it was just so much better. So like I came up this giant climb, I can't remember what it's called, but it's huge at Speedgo. You like go on this ridge line and get to the top of the ski lift. And I didn't even expect them to be there. I wasn't, I thought they'd just be at the finish cause it was just easier. And Rylan and Justin are up there at the top. And it was just like, it's so wonderful. It just like made the rest of the race so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I felt that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> my brain's like going in a fog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes sense in the four month old. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I think um, those three months were the most brain fog for us. And then it was like every month got a little less foggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed with my, <laughs> with our son, which was our first kid, um, when we hit the year mark, that's when I finally felt like I had literally come out of the fog. And I was oh, like, no. oh my gosh, I'm like a new person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully me saying that, you know, won't like jinx it, jinx yeah. it for you, but yeah, it definitely helps. The, the year mark is a big one. It is. I think. Yeah. I feel like a new woman. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's good to know. We're not far away from it. No, yeah. you're close. I know. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Does she sleep through the night though, for the most part or no? Um, she doesn't nap at all. Mostly she's okay through the night. Only if she's in our bed. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, Justin and I both have tried the cry out method in the crib. And I mean, we're awful. I, 20 minutes is like so hard for me to do. And same with him. He's just like, I'm just going to have her sleep in the bed. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, if they're in your bed, it's like she sleeps, but you kind of don't fall all the way asleep ever I feel yeah. like oh for yeah sure. so, the quality of sleep can be a little worse but it's yeah. like but you don't have to do the more dramatic wake-ups so yeah it's yeah it's yeah. like it's, whatever yeah, it's, whatever the lesser of the evils is I guess mm-hmm. you know yeah and they're so sweet it's so hard to know yeah mm-hmm. they just love to cuddle they do oh my gosh sometimes she'll wake up in the middle of the night and just like give me a hug oh I'm like I can't even be mad about this no <laughs> no what are you supposed no. to do yeah, yeah. she won't yeah. want to hug me forever so exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they will for a while but not yeah forever. yeah oh so let's do a couple like random kind of rapid fire questions um to finish off this episode Okay. So Amanda, 
where did the red hair come from? Um, so my hair sister is a hairstylist. She owns a hair studio in Eugene, Oregon. So she's always kind of messed with my hair a bunch. And I had kind of, I kind of uh, started, I wanted a bright color. And so I started with kind of a shade of purple. It was pretty mild a long time ago. And I just slowly got brighter and brighter. And one day I showed up and I'm like, she kept asking me every time I'd come there, can we go like neon? And one day I showed up and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the neon. And I just loved it. I love it. I, I actually have a much more like intense idea that we might do next time. So. Oh, really? Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> like breaking out a whole new color. No, it's kind of a mix of like pinks and reds, but, um, it, it looks pretty awesome. Cool. I'll look forward to, to seeing it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have one. What is a secret talent that you have? Oh, secret talent. <laughs> you know, I used to be really good at basketball. Um, I haven't played in a long time. I probably am no longer, I can't really consider that <laughs> a talent anymore, but it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Why um, relentless forward progress? I think it just applies. I mean, it doesn't only apply to running. It totally applies to just, I mean, everything in life. Mm -hmm. And that with running just goes so well together. And I think you can learn so much in life that helps you with running and so much in running that helps you with life. And it all just comes back, you know, for me, it just all comes back to the relentless forward progress yeah I love that and is that like your race mantra that goes yeah, through totally. your yeah. I think that's just my life mantra <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely especially with a baby <laughs> yes. totally yes <laughs> I like it um what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning coffee mm. uh, yeah for sure coffee um, yeah even yeah. more important now than it used to be but it's always <laughs> been the very first thing yeah. I actually you actually pre-baby um I was about to put my Keurig in my room I never actually did it but um because sometimes I just wouldn't even want to get out of bed <laughs> it's like I need the cup of coffee to come to me <laughs> yes I need to have it like within reach like so right on your nightstand <laughs> yeah yeah I think moms, we just need like a button or like a remote or something. Just it automatically to... brews. Yes. Yeah. Like have Alexa um, hooked up to your coffee maker. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. That would be. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, okay. Let's, let's finish off with just maybe if you have like a word of encouragement you'd like to leave out there, put out there for women listening today. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and whether you're a runner or not, I think just as a mom, I guess I've said this quite a few times before, but you just got to do what works for you. Like you can't let other people's advice or um, I guess uh, their own life mottos affect you, especially if it's just going to be negative. Um, I think everyone has a different experience and even probably, I mean, I only have one kid, but pro I'd imagine even like from each child, it's a different experience. And sure. 
you, you've just got to do what works for you. And also along with that, let go of the mom guilt because I think we're all trying to do the best that we can and that's all you can do. And they're going to be just fine. They really mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's a resilient. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on and sharing all of this, yeah, of all your whole journey, you know, it's been fun to follow and thanks for everything you've brought to us and all the listeners today. I, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Ryland's chimed in quite a few times too. So she's, she's getting her advice in. I know. Fun I, to love meet her. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation with Amanda. I loved like her very honest perspective of how hard motherhood can be, but also like the joy that it brings her. And it's very nice to hear like a truthful perspective on motherhood um, from a pro athlete and realize like, yeah, it's hard and, but she's still like kicking butt and doing Mm -hmm. awesome things and taking care of Mm -hmm. herself along the way. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, and I think her perspective on just, you know, doing what works for you is such a good reminder for all of us moms Mm -hmm. who, especially, I mean, it's just hard to like, know, um, it's hard to know what to do and especially like incoming opinions and things. And we have to kind of, yeah, we just really literally have to do what works for us. And that's not going to be the same between moms and babies and kids and families. But yeah, kind of like you were saying, she, it's impressive to me that she has coached herself for so long and like competed at such a high level and that she's still coaching herself after having a baby and, and giving herself slack, um, in just running and maybe not doing speed workouts. If that's too much for where she is at in life, because the sleep like really affects our bodies. And so I don't know, it was just nice to, it was nice to know that, um, we all have to make adjustments sometimes, you know, and that we're not, um, we're not doing it bad. Like if, if we're tired and we're having to sacrifice certain parts of training just to get rest or like be a mom, then like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get stronger. So yeah, I'm excited to see what she does next. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, we have to come up with an idea to have like coffee on demand right next to our bed where it's like instant. We wake up, like there's a hot cup of coffee, just like ready to greet the day. Seriously. Seriously. Yes. I know. And lately, like I have not been having my coffee hot. It's like, it's like impossible. It's amazing. The forces that are at work against me and my hot cup of coffee. I do not like lukewarm coffee yuck like and I just I it's just insane I know it's insane because I wake up late and it's already cold and then I heat it up in the microwave which doesn't even taste as good no and then somebody needs me like the second later so I get one sip of hot coffee and then I'm off to something else I know I made coffee one day at like 9 a.m and I got to it at two 
Cause that was the first second I had to myself that I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to drink coffee from 9am. Like I already had a cup before that, but I wanted another one. Cause I was so tired. Yeah. And then like the instant I pressed like brew, it was like, all right, well, guess I'm not going to get that coffee. <laughs> See you later. Coffee. <laughs> so sad, especially oh, tree line coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so if you are enjoying our conversations with our awesome moms on this podcast, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review. You can also subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter at treelinejournal.com. We send out one email a week with the latest articles and episodes so you can stay in the loop and you can follow us on Instagram at runhardmomhardpod. You can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com, or you can send us a voice message using the anchor link in the show notes below. We would love to hear from you. I know. Henry's just snoozing on my I know. Fabrical. I wish I was snoozing like that. I know. Can somebody just carry me and, and rock me to sleep? I know. I know. Please. Chase. Please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes uh, I don't want to be touched. So I'm like, true. Leave me. It's true. We hope all of you out there are doing well. And as usual, just remember, you got this. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you got this. amazing that we have a podcast <laughs> it is I, I never thought I'd have a podcast you know, know. there was but there was one time Joanna was so tired and I'm like you gotta stay awake honey we're almost home we're like five minutes from home you gotta stay awake and she's like my eyes aren't listening to me <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Nelia is so tired and Joanna's just like blah, blah, blah. and I'm like let your sister sleep yeah, totally. But I know. I know. Room sharing is a little tough. It's so hard. We're we're doing that, but the Bellin's <laughs> still in between. So like she sleeps at night in the bunk bed. Okay. But at nap, she sleeps in her so old they have room separate. in the crib. You helped Amelia poop? I gotta go upstairs. Make sure there's not poop everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Steph, uh, for when you're watching this later, for when you're editing, check out, have you, do you follow Ambitious Kitchen? Those are like pumpkin cinnamon rolls. They look super good. And most stuff is like vegan, but really good still. Anyway, check them out. You know, when you when you're watching me talk to myself on the laptop. <laughs> oh. Hi buddy. Hi Henry. Hi. Hi honey. Hey bud. <laughs> Hello, do you see me? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Maybe give him some entertainment. So this spawn.
this sponsor's episode by. <laughs> Good one. Oh. Maybe I should just talk like this. I don't know. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking to Amanda today. <laughs> yeah, Amanda is doing great. I'm excited to see what she does. What she does next. <laughs>